me the way to go home. Home is where God is, and Uncle Luke wants to get us all home. So he's got a story for us because Luke actually has got Jesus' story. Anywho, Jesus last week made it really clear that he has a whole new world order in mind. And who does he think he is? Well, we covered that. But anyhow, his new world order is also about killing. Well, not killing the way we kill, but killing the way that Jesus kills and the way that we see him killing in his own life. Mercy killing, killing with mercy, killing with kindness, killing with love isn't really killing at all. But for some people, boy, it hurts whenever you hit them hard with some mercy and some kindness and some love. Well, this is Jesus' arsenal. Lock and load, baby. This is the basis of Jesus' new world order, killing with mercy. Mercy killing. Come on in. Let's check it out. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 to 36. to the biblical channel man we are glad you're here because we like talking about god and we want everybody to start talking about god uh reading their bible saying their prayers getting together talking god in the same way that we talk sports talk fishing talk cars fashion everything we want people talking about god because it is the best conversation that we can be having and it is alarming how little people are talking about God. So we're just doing our part to get the conversation going, man, to get you better equipped to handle your Bibles, to do it right. Anyhow, the Bible is truly God's best story ever played. Humanity has nothing on the Bible, and the Bible is going to open your mind into categories that you just can't imagine. It is God's story the best story ever played. We owe our whole being to good stories. You are following. I am following. We're always following good stories. They shape us. They identify us. Well, the Bible is God playing out that best story. And let's remind ourselves that the Bible is really clear. It's God's world. So it's about time we all get with the story. Dory. Anyhow, before we go, we always pray. And I like praying the way that peasant girl, Jesus' mom, taught us how to pray early on in Luke. She just simply says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. That's just a great prayer. And then Jesus taught us how to pray, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. I there's the rub. And Jesus will get us home. That's the promise. That's the goal. And let's move forward. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 to 36. We've got to remind ourselves this is the same scene where Jesus, you know, on the side of that mountain uh, making it very clear that he's better than Moses, that a new Moses is in town, and he is giving God's words from a holy mountain. 
in the same exact seriousness, vein, and spirit that God's original words were given. And so this just naturally flows out. But last week we took a look at how Jesus said very, very plainly, there's a new world order that we need to embrace, and we need to embrace it now. Remember, it's you know all of that talk about the poor are the blessed. The hungry are the blessed. The, those weeping are the blessed. And those, those who are hated because they raise their hand and say, I'm with the Son of Man, who is Jesus. I'm with God. Those who are hated for just loving God, they're the ones who are blessed. Well, that's a whole different way of seeing life and the world around us. And that's exactly what Jesus is up to. He is truly flipping the table of our lives. He is not here to, to, you know, coat your ego. He is here to get you thinking straight, to get me thinking straight. Jesus knocked my head against the wall about 27 years ago. You know, and, and, and I have been better for it ever since, man. I am, I am now living life to the fullest, and that's why I do what I do. I want everybody to live the life to the fullest follow Jesus' prescriptions, your life is going to improve. Your attitude will improve. Things about your life will make changes, and that all for the good. Anywho, so Luke chapter 6, verse 27 to 36, is Jesus continuing on in his table-flipping mood, um, flipping the table of our lives, the way that we operate in this world, the way this world operates, Jesus is not impressed with. And so, what does he say? He says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one also. To the one who takes away your cloak, don't withhold your tunic. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from the one who takes away your goods, don't demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who only do good to you, what benefit is that? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, then get back the same amount. But love your enemies, do good, lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward it will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. There's Jesus' table-turning ideas in our life. Is this easy stuff? God, no. Is it easy to understand? God, yes. Is it easy to do? God, no. <laughs> Man, this is the tough that is the tough stuff. Man, this is, this is all action-oriented. This is a game-changer in your life if you can hear it. And that's the way Jesus talks. Can you hear it, brother? Can you hear it, son? Can you hear it, daughter? Can you hear it all? Or are you deaf to God? Because God is talking, my friends. And when God talks, 
He upends the ways of this world that we have embraced. Every single one of us has embraced the world's ways. Man, we need cleaned up. And that's what Jesus is pointing out. He's like, man, don't expect to, God to endorse the ways of this world. Mm-mm, they're garbage, and they need to be thrown away. But God is patient and kind. He's good. And so he hasn't thrown it away yet. Praise God for his mercy. Anyhow, we'll get more to that. But anyhow, Jesus gives us a real set of action. Do, talk, pray. Jesus' action series here is love, do, bless, and pray. Meaning, first of all, love. That's an action term. That means you have to do something. Love is something that you do. Not, well, anyhow, love is something that you do. Um, and, and doing, doing, doing good, do good things. This isn't hard stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Um, bless, which means talk. But when you talk, make your words good. Say good things. Say nice things. If all you have is garbage to say, don't say. Be the blesser. And then pray. And pray for those who actually abuse you. So here's the problem. Here's the big problem we already have. We're like, wait a minute. I like my retribution stories. I like turning on the Netflix. I like turning on the Amazon. I like turning on the Paramount Plus. I love a good retribution story. You know what I'm saying? I love it when the bad guy gets, you know, knocked in the side of the head. We can't help ourselves. I love it too. I can't help myself. I put too many hours of TV time in to shows that are basically about retribution. Somehow, some way, the bad guy gets the you know, ever-living daylight's knocked out of him, and that makes me feel good. Now, Jesus isn't necessarily saying that we shouldn't find some satisfaction in those who do bad, you know, finding justice. No, that's not it. But he is reminding us that the this is not the goal. Retribution is not the goal. I I, I love quoting old that old gangster Bricktop, and uh, that gangster Bricktop gets a kid up against the wall, and he says, "Do you know what nemesis means?" And nemesis is a righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent. And they, yeah, he says some swear words in there too, but I left them out. Here's the the problem. The world operates on the basis of retribution. We operate on the basis of retribution. Maybe our retribution isn't as, as severe as other people's idea of retribution, but we like retribution, man. We like paybacks. We like somebody getting socked upside the head that's been acting like a jerk. And Jesus is saying, not saying you shouldn't exactly, you know, find some satisfaction there, but you do have to know that there's a better way, a higher way, a higher way that God is bringing into this world with this new world order, man. And so what Jesus is dropping into our laps is, is you know, don't be the payback kings. Don't be the, the you know, the self-defense person. Don't be, you know, don't be that person who pays back, even if you are justified in paying it back. He says, other, he says, try something else on for size. Be a mercy killer. 
Kill with mercy. Kill with kindness. Kill with love. Kill with doing good. Kill with blessing people. Those ignoramuses that say ignoramus things, say nice things to them. It's the only way forward. And you sleep well at night too, by the way. Anyhow, anyhow. Uh, Jesus then turns the table, he, he turns to the next paragraph. He says, to the one who strikes you on the cheek, we've all heard of this, turn the other cheek, baby. So he gives that famous line. And he says, like, you know, if somebody takes your coat, give your shirt too. If, uh, uh, you know, if you got somebody begging in front of you, give them something. And if, you know, if, if, if uh, someone steals something from you, forget about it. And as you wish uh, that others do to you, do so to them. You see, we tend to live by the silver rule. And the silver rule is actually supported outside of the Bible. Plenty of people have talked about the silver rule. And the silver rule is this. The silver rule is don't do to people things that you don't want done to you. That's the silver rule. But it requires absolutely nothing of you. Because doing nothing is part of the game. Jesus' words are not those kind of words. No, no, no. Jesus is turning the silver rule into the golden rule. And this is where Jesus breaks away from any ancient source, uh, any philosophical source. Plenty of philosophers outside of the Bible you know, talked about the silver rule. If you don't like something done to you, then don't do it to other people. Plenty of people said that. But nobody, and I mean nobody, came along and said, Think about the things that you want done to you and then go do them to other people. It's an action set of verses. Now listen, hear me out. There is biblically no problem in defending yourself. There is no biblical prohibition against defending yourself. You are free to defend yourself. You are free to defend your country, okay? But catch this note. It's just not podium work. God isn't, you know, applauding our defensive moves, our defensive tactics, our defensive strategy. God is not in the cheerleading section or in the stands bravoing us about our defense work and how defensive we are. No, it's not podium work. Well, what is the podium work? The podium work you know, the three places on the podium is love, do good, bless, even a fourth spot in the podium, pray. That's podium work, baby. That's podium work. And, and defending yourself, it's just not podium work. It's silver stuff. It, it, it's not even silver or bronze stuff. It may be necessary, but the fact is, is what God gives the big hoorah for, what God tells us to buck up for is actually the action of strength, the real action of a tough guy, the real action of a tough woman. And a tough guy or a tough woman can be about 80 pounds and ready to blow away in the wind to be strong like God is calling us to be strong, to actually love your enemies, to actually do good to those who hate you, to actually bless those who curse you, and to pray for those who actually abuse you. You see, this is where Jesus gets, I suppose, a bit awkward because he's not going to endorse 
the bad habits of this world. And we, we, oftentimes are always looking for God to endorse the bad habits of this world and not the kingdom habits that Jesus teaches us. These are kingdom habits, my friend. And Jesus alone is is standing on the mountain preaching these kingdom habits. There's no, you know, Buddha. There's no Confucius. There's no Muhammad talking like this. Okay, so anyhow, then he goes on and he says, turns up the heat in the kitchen, baby. He says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that? If you do good to those who do good to you, if you if, if you lend to those and, and get something back, there's no value in it. He's not saying don't do it. He's just saying big deal. No big deal. Loving the lovable, and that's silver stuff at best. You know what I'm saying? It's not that we shouldn't love the lovable. We should love the lovable. But what Jesus is saying is no big deal. The worst of all people do this stuff. But the best of all people are into the golden rule. And the golden rule is all about loving the unlovable. Do you take the time to love the unlovable? That's what it's, that's what it's, that is what is at stake here. Do you take the time out of your life to go love the unlovable? Do you show kindness? Do you show niceties to the people who are despicable, the worst? Or do you feel good about your little bubble? And do you keep yourself concealed in your little bubble and only do good when do good has been done to you? You know, that kind of stuff. You see, the Bible, God himself, is very challenging to us. He does not encourage us to live in our bubble, to live in our little bubble of people doing good to each other and feeling good about ourselves. He dares us to get out of our bubble so that we could actually start making changes in the world. And the Bible assures us that the power of one is a real thing. That whether you reap the benefits here on earth or not, you being the good guy or the good gal, you being the lover, you being the blesser, you being the prayer makes a difference in this wicked world. You may not even ever get to see how this makes a difference, but what God is promising you is it makes a difference. And it's the difference that he is calling us all to make. Jesus says, love your enemies again. Do good. Lend. Don't expect anything back. And your reward will be great. You see, Jesus is putting his own reputation on the line. And he is assuring us that this kind of work that will be unrewarded in this life. You see, that's, the, that's, that's what he's saying. You may find some reward in it. You'll sleep at night, that's for sure. But your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. You'll be sons of God. You'll be daughters of God. You'll be God's children when you act like this, because this is actually how God behaves. And that's exactly what he says. He says, think about it. God is very nice to the ungrateful and to the evil. God sends his rain, his good rains. God sends, you know, the, you know, the, the weather, the seasons, you know. God sends, God allows life to go on. He gives life 
to the ungrateful and the evil because he is merciful. And uh, that's exactly why we should be. If God behaves like this, then we need to behave the same way. Be merciful. Even your father is merciful. Be merciful as your father is merciful. God is very kind to the ungrateful and the evil. And we ought to follow suit. Why? Because God is promising us, believe me, I've got you. And believe me, it is worth your time. Even if the world doesn't reward you, I will. It's a promise, man. And it's a promise that I'm willing to live by. Because it, it does, it keeps me sleeping at night. It makes me feel good. Even when the world sucks. And you know, to think that Jesus got a new world order going on, like Jesus is doing something different than God you know, was doing in the old part of the Bible, the Hebrew part of the Bible, you're, you're kidding yourself. Here's, here's what a prophet by the name of Micah says in chapter 6, verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is basically taking Micah's quote and bringing it right back again to us, saying this is the way. You know, I've heard so many problems, even Christians who say they have, have problems with the old part of the Bible. And I say, well, what part of what? You know, talk about it. And they're like, oh, I just don't like it. And I'm like, you, you're not reading it right. Jesus is teaching you how to read it right. Micah, the prophet, summarizes the whole of God's work with Israel. The whole of God's point with Abraham and his children was to teach all of us to live the simple life, do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with our God. And, and to think that all the religions of the world teach this, you have got to be kidding me. That means you're still living in a bubble that you don't understand. You went to college and took some sort of religious studies course from a dingbat. And, and I got news for you. The religions of the world don't teach this stuff. None at all. The whole idea of equality, compassion, consent, enlightenment, science, freedom, progress, it doesn't come from Middle Eastern religions. It doesn't come from China or Asia. It doesn't come from Africa. It doesn't come from Europe. It doesn't come from the Americas. It comes from Jesus and the revolution that he created 2,000 years ago hanging on the cross. And as he's hanging on the cross, he dared to say, I'm hanging here for the forgiveness of the world. Those are big words, my friend. And those words were revolutionary words. It turned the world upside down for the better. Absolutely. Equality, compassion, consent, enlightenment, science, freedom, progress came from Jesus' movement. Otherwise, we'd still be stuck in the old world. That was nasty, brutish, and short. Mercy killers. That's what Jesus calls us to be. Kill with kindness. Kill with mercy. Kill with love. Kill with goodness. Which is no killing at all. Leave the real killing to the way this world works. You, be different. I got a funny story. 
Speaking of Jesus hanging on the cross, on Good Friday, I asked uh, 160 students I teach middle school. I said, hey, what's Good Friday? Now, it shouldn't have surprised me, um, the answer that I got, because our school system out here in a town in California decided to give, you know, the Christians uh, Monday off. So we are all in school on Good Friday. So, being in school on Good Friday, I asked the question. I said, hey, who knows what Good Friday is? I got bad news, ladies and gentlemen. Zero. Zero students raised their hand and said, the day Jesus died. Zero. But I did tell them. I said, I said to my, uh, all of them, uh, you know, I, I said, well, Jesus dying on the cross is Good Friday. That's a weird thing to say that is good, isn't it? I said, yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, do you know, Jesus said that when he was dying, that he was bringing forgiveness to the whole entire world. I said, man, that's a big claim. That's a big claim. And uh, and I said, but, you know, I heard another guy say it was C.S. C.S. Lewis said this a long time ago. He said, he said, you know, a guy with a big claim like that, a guy with big words like this, who does he think he is? Well, he's either a liar or a lunatic or he's God. I told the kids, I said, well, I made my choice. But anyhow, the point is this. We are living in a world now that demands equality, demands compassion, demands consent, demands enlightenment, science, freedom, progress, and all of this. However, it's trying to do it without Jesus. And look at what's happening. When the world tries to do equality, compassion, consent, enlightenment, science, freedom, and progress without the revolution of the one who brought it to us to begin with, Jesus Christ. It is turning into a nasty, vengeful piece of retribution. Look at our political parties who in the name of equality and compassion are unbelievably ruthless and cruel, punishing, vindictive. The Jesus revolution unleashed the world that we now know. A world that expects equality and compassion and consent and enlightenment and science and freedom, but we're going to have to understand why Good Friday is Good Friday. That the man who died on the cross and said, I'm dying for the forgiveness of the world is the only man who could bring these kind of ideas to us and lead the way. You see, Jesus backed up his talk. He showed us the way, what it looks like to love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, to bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. He didn't defend and nor should we. If you have to defend yourself, we all understand. But we shouldn't be looking for the big applause. We should be saddened by the world that we have to defend ourselves against. And we should get straight back to the business of doing the action that God has given us. To love our enemies, do good to those who hate us, to bless those who curse us, and to pray for those who actually do abuse us. That's what Jesus says. Catch you next time.